Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Now entering the game for Philly Press Box Radio, Bill Furman and Jim Chet Chesko. It's Tuesday, red October 10th, 2023. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA. Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. Cavs, Philly Tailgates, and the Edge of Philly Sports Network. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Chet, the Phillies let one slip away last night. Oh, my goodness. A heartbreaker, but... Uh, they left Atlanta one and one, and that's uh, that's where we really wanted to be. We'll certainly talk about that. The Eagles are five and zero oh after taking care of the Rams in L.A. Flyer season opens Thursday night with a full roster of youngsters. They are going to be fun to watch. We'll talk more about that. And Sixers camp is underway as well. Best time of the year when all four teams are in action. So let's go. There's plenty to talk about in Philly sports. Yeah, terrific time for sure, Bill. But you know, as good as it is, it would have been. Doubly great had the Phillies not blown that 4 nothing lead in game two. How sweet would it have been to come back up two games to none instead of even? Oh, well. Oh, well. Uh, you, know, you got to play all nine innings, all 60 minutes, uh, whatever yep. sport you want to use. You got to play them all, and uh, they sure let that one get away. But, hey, we have a couple great guests tonight making return visits to Philly Press Box Radio. First in Flyers two-time Stanley Cup champion Bob Hound. Kelly's going to join us, and the voice of the Sixers, Kate Scott's going to join us a little later. Yeah, this is Hound's sixth visit to our show and the second for Kate. The Flyers get things going Thursday night. The Sixers on the 26th of this month. So uh, let's drop the puck with the hockey guy right now, Bill. Let's do it. Can't wait. Let's welcome the Hound, Bob Kelly, back to Philly Press Box Radio. Hound, welcome. Hey, guys. Thanks very much for having me on. I appreciate that. Well, Bob, great to see you again. As you're well aware, this is the 50th anniversary of the 1973-74 Flyers team, which, of course, won the first of those back-to-back Stanley Cups. We'll talk about that in a bit. But, hey, what do you know about the current Flyers? New management, lots of young players. What should we expect? Well, you know, I've been around Danny. Danny uh, probably didn't get enough credit right at the start there. But, you know, he went up and became the uh, the general manager for the Maine Mariners up there on a regular basis. And, did a heck of a job up there. They actually Comcast sent him to the Wharton School of Business, so he got well prepared for what he was what he was getting into. And you know, you got a guy like Jonesy out there. He knows everybody. You know, he's been around for many many years out here broadcasting and doing. He knows all the coaches. He knows everybody that's out there. He knows whether you shoot right or left when you're going down the ice. I mean, he's really he's really into it and what he's doing. And you know, he bounced around a little bit there, but, uh, you, you know, we had choice between him and I think Eddie Olchek, and uh, the right choice was uh, Keith Jones. Eddie Olchek's a tremendous person, uh, went through some battles there and everything, but uh, Jonesy and Danny get along great, and, you know, the incorporation of having torts there with what he brings, the new mentality that uh, that he's trying to instill and, and how to play as a team and be part of a team. So uh, I, th- I think it's a great show, and we have a new leader at the top there, uh, Dan Helferty, uh, new CEO for the for Comcast and taking over the Flyers there. So we really have some great people. The building's in tremendous shape. All of our buildings around here, the one, you know, obviously the link and where the Phillies are. And, and it's just, you know, it, it's a great time to be here in Philly. I see things exploding on the surface. Well, Bob, uh, John Tortorella, known as quite the taskmaster, uh, as a coach, but he's loaded this ro- roster with young energy. Uh, are you are you excited about that? And do, do you feel it in the building and feel it around the practice facilities? Yeah, but you know, I don't I don't spend much time in there because we're you know our, my job is out in the community with people and doing things like that. But uh, you know, Torch has been around a long time. You're not going to pull anything over on him. I mean, he he's he's a good motivator and he'll motivate through discipline or motivate. I mean, he's not shy about what he tells you and that. 
And I think the guys looked up to him. I don't think a lot of the guys probably knew what to expect, the way he runs a, runs a training camp. But, uh, you know, it's grueling. He puts it through there, and he wants to see the best person, uh, you know, make the team. And it means beating somebody out. You're a little bit better. I mean, he, he tells it like it is. He doesn't he doesn't mince his words whatsoever. And I said he's surrounded with, with good assistance there as well, too. So, um, you know, he's there to get the job done. And, uh, you know, he's got three more years, you know, left on his contract. So he's good. <laughs> no, no superstars on this team, certainly. But Travis Konechny is coming off a career-best 31-goal season. Do you think he still has more upside? Yeah, I do. I think I think his confidence level is really high. He had a great year last year. Uh, you know, you got young Faraby there. The big thing to me is, is seeing how uh, Coots and, and Atkinson respond uh, coming back. There, to me, is a key until you get hit. But, you know, I think Coots has played well right now. The rust is starting to come off. Um you know, Brinks over there or Forrester, whichever one they decide to flip-flop on that line. So, I mean, we've got some good young talent. I like the idea of bringing in Stahl. He's kind of going to be the uh, the gentleman in the locker room with the guys and, and help guide these kids. Brand, they have brand-new locker facilities, brand-new everything. The whole Wells Fargo down the bottom has all been changed, and uh, it's it's really exciting for everybody. I mean, you're, you're proud to come in there. You're proud to want to go on there. You're proud when you can put that jersey on and go out and, and, and get the job done. And, you know, I think the guys have stepped up a little bit. Um, like I said, I, I like Stahl out there a little bit. Uh, Rasmus, he's, he's hurt, so supposedly. So he, he could be back. It could be in and out there. But, uh, you know, uh, Travis has done a, a great job representing himself. And, you know, the idea is not you know what you accomplish, but you want to be the best that you can be. So, you, you know, you just don't take a day off. Don't take a shift off. I mean, it doesn't get it done. I don't think you could talk Flyers without talking Carter Hart. Uh, he seems like he's been around kind of forever by now, but I guess he's still only he's still really a young guy. Is it is it time that Carter Hart, you know, kind of turns the corner and really uh, now that he hopefully he's got a little bit better defense in front of him that uh, this is the year? Well, I think that was the whole the whole thing with him is uh, his, his confidence got shattered there a little bit. You know, he you know you had some defensive laps in front of him. So all the goals weren't his problem, but, you know, you hold yourself to a higher standard and, uh, you know, he's got two guys pushing him, um, uh, you know, Aronson there. I think that's how you say his name. You know, he, he's probably pushing, probably be the backup to get started here, but uh, you know, there's competition out there and uh, we have some more people in the, in the system there. So we have, we have plenty of options to go and it's just getting the best, hoping you have the best and hoping you get everybody to be on the same page. Hey, you mentioned Sean Couturier being back. I think he's still just 30 years old. So other than the injury, he's still kind of in his prime. How nice is it to have him back on the ice, hopefully pretty healthy? Yeah, well, Stahl's 36, so he's a little bit older. But <laughs> Kutz, Kutz, is, Kutz is a good kid. I, I ran into him in the hallway there prior to the uh, to the end of the season there. And, you know, he, he's focusing. He's worked out hard. Uh, he, he's in tremendous shape out there. And just have to make sure that he, you know, he can take any uh, blows that come to him behind there. But he's really an outstanding. He gives a lot of inspiration and guidance and leadership in that locker room, which is what it was sorely needed. He'll speak up. Stahl will speak up. Konechny has the right to speak up. Um, you know, he had the most goals last year, so uh, you know it's an exciting time in Philly. Well, speaking of Stahl, he's he's basically surrounded by a youth group uh, <laughs> back back there on that uh, blue line. Uh, are they really going to depend on him more for minutes or more for leadership or both? Combination of both combination. I mean, he's got to bring his leadership in the locker room. He's got to bring his leadership on the ice. I like Hathaway gets his nose dirty, sticks his, you know, he's not afraid of anybody in there. Adds another element to the defense that we really didn't have before. So I think we, you know, again, it's just getting everybody to be on the same page, play the way Torch wants you to play and, you know, listen, listen to the coaches. Bob, I don't know how good your eyes are, but if I put up the roster there, uh, any other guys that you're really excited to watch and see how they're going to develop this season? Yeah, I think uh, my eyes are not not that good, but I think they're all right. <laughs> you know, I, I, you got, uh, you know, Cam York is somebody to look at. I think Sandheim's come back with a new attitude, put some weight on and all that. Uh, you know, he says, Stahl, bring that leadership in there. Um Rasmussen, when he comes back, will, will be good. So I think we're all right in there. And Owen Tippett, as far as the forwards, uh, he had a pretty good year last year. 
Yeah, he had 34 goals. So I think that's what he had anyway for 34 goals. But, yeah, he's a big guy. I mean, him and McEwen kind of battled around there a little bit. Uh, McEwen got sent down, you know, but he got his stuff together, came back after two games. I think it was him. Or So there's some guys out there that, that uh, you know, wanted to prove themselves, and, and they worked harder than some of the other guys that, you know, went down to Lehigh. Yep. Yeah, the one I'm really interested in seeing is Morgan Frost. You know, he came up as a – as a crazy goal scorer through through uh, junior hockey, but really hasn't shown that yet. Shown a few flashes along the way, and uh, now it sounds like he's going to start out as a third liner. Um, I'm really interested to see if he takes the next step up. Yeah, he he's a he's gun guy. He's been fun to watch uh, in the exhibition games here, and I think they got him online with Atkinson and Tippett. Um, at least that's what they had on Saturday. So, I mean, things change around from day to day. So, I mean, un- until you're actually ready to start playing, you don't really know who's going to be who. I'm sure, you know, Torch is still tinking with it, um, but in there. But, yeah, I think we got some good young kids to watch there. Uh, they really – I think they really move, move the puck well. I thought last year, uh, even though we, we weren't winning the games, uh, the guys played whistle to whistle. Uh, they moved that puck pretty quick back and forth to each other. They're getting a feel for each other. Um you know, like I said, I, I couldn't find anything to really want to be negative on until we get rolling there and see how, how the other teams look. Yeah, there's like low expectations nationally. So, you know, any kind of positives will be good. It'll be, uh, you know, if they can threaten to make the playoffs, it'll be exciting. And I'm looking forward to it. I really am. But, Bob, as noted, it is the 50th anniversary of that first Flyers Cup season. We must be getting old. I don't know. I'm going to put up a picture here of the uh, Flyers back in the 1974-75 era. And who's that guy with the sideburns right there? Uh, It was me. They've gone. (laughs) (laughs) What do you remember about that season, though? Did you guys know, you know, back in October, November of 1973 that you were a legitimate cup contender? Um. You know what? We, we really were pretty grounded uh, with, with Freddie Shiro there. We were pretty grounded, and, and everybody was bought into Clarky. Clarky was definitely the leader in the locker room, leader on the ice, first out, first in. And, you know, we had hard work as Billy. Nobody came in and signed the slough that. I mean, we had the Watson boys there, um, different guys in and out. But, you know, Keith Allen knew what he was doing when he was bringing in players and, and what, what their job was. I mean, you understood what your role was. So uh, it was funny. I'll tell you a story about being in the locker room and we we get beaten there so all of a sudden ed snyder comes in and he bends down and he says so what went wrong what happened what went wrong and he's, he gives you that stare the snyder stare right and i go ed why are you asking me i said i play three shifts a game for grand ask clarky he was sitting beside me there ask clarky what went wrong i don't know what went wrong but you know the, the team had a lot of character i mean we had the hillmans uh we had eddie van imp i mean we had guys that we could lean on and to play the game. Everybody knew the role out there. Uh, 20 guys go on the ice, 20 guys are coming off the ice. And that's just the way we, we played out there. And we had tremendous rivalry. I mean, I think our 35 game unbeaten streak is going to be a hard one for somebody to beat as well, too, was yeah. in the lineup there. But, you know, at the end of the day, it, it's all about the team and it's all about the fans. And, uh, you know, you don't want to get booed in your own building. You, you don't want to make a fool of yourself out there. You just go out and play the game hard. And when people came into our building, you know, they knew they were in for, you know, for a battle. Bob, so many of you guys uh, from that team and, and through the years still live in the Philadelphia area, uh, still work for the Flyers in a, in a lot of cases like you do. Uh, is, is that normal or is there a real friendship, the, the bond that came between you guys that uh, you just continue to be friends? Here we are 50 years later. Well, I think as we were talking a little bit earlier, Brad Marsh is the, is the president of the alumni there, and we're really we're, we do a tremendous amount of functions out there. We, you know, we, they, Brad started Philadelphia Warriors. We're now four teams strong. They just came back from Denver the other day, and you know, it's it's a thing where uh, you know everybody has a, an idea of working for a job or whatever. I was in I was in private business for a while when I after I retired, so I had my own businesses and stuff like that, which was good. And this just gave me a chance to get back. I got a call from Mr. Snyder one day and he says, Hey, I want to see you in the building. <laughs> so I went and met him. And then uh, a guy named Dave Kosky was there as well too. And he's actually he's the one who hired me. And he said, uh, world be free was out on the court as well. So he goes, I want to, I want to create a position for the flyers like world be free is for the Sixers. So 
that's when I got to meet World out there. You know, a super, super guy he is. And it just kind of all came together. And uh, I'm not quite ready to shut down yet, but I'm getting pretty close. I'm up there at 73 years old, so uh, it's getting there. But you still, still go around. We do the learn to play. We still do all the golf outings. Our alumni guys, Brad keeps everybody in tune with everybody. Um, they get updated letters of what's going on with us, where we're at. Uh, you know, if you went on to flyersalumni.net, you would see everything that uh, kind of that we do out there. One of the biggest projects we have is uh, Every Child Deserves a Bike. We've given away 30 bikes. Uh, they get made in Winnipeg. There's a little history there, and they all run between five and $8,000. They're especially, especially bikes for the kids, so... You know, they may not have complete control of a lot of parts of their body, and this way they can use their hands if they can't use their legs. And it's really cool when, when you see the kids. Uh, we always have them out at our golf outings. We, you know, we give them a bike. They don't know where to get, and then they just ride down the middle and, you know, of every way at the golf outing. So it's pretty cool when you do stuff like that and you can walk away and you can feel good. Yeah, the Flyers are just terrific with all that charity stuff. Uh, they're to be commended for that, certainly. Uh, well, because it's the 50th anniversary of that first cup, are the – flyers is the organization doing anything special to commemorate that well i think the whole weekend is going to be special thursday friday saturday uh rumor has it the, what's that is that in january uh yes january the 17th i believe okay yeah, i thought so yeah. yeah so i believe that the old rivalry the boston bruins are coming to town uh yeah. obviously for the saturday game but I, I think their alumni is coming into town to probably take on some of our guys too but uh uh, I think Joe Watson's Joe Watson's 80 years old. I think he wants to play. I said, Joe, nobody wants to see an 80-year-old man skate down the ice. <laughs> so he's good for going out and doing all that stuff. I mean, he's first one in line. But we have a lot of young guys in in the in the system there that uh, that are retired and live in the area that would can come in and play. So they don't totally need to you know see a bunch of old guys skating around. Mm -hmm. It's just my opinion. <laughs> but but we all but us old guys like to watch you old guys because you were young when we were young yeah black and white tvs with bunny ears on them and we had no helmets on you yeah. know peter puck peter puck flying around yeah that's for sure but you know what i wouldn't trade my my era, and don't take it the wrong way i would never trade my era for a different era obviously i could never play in the current eras but it, it's just something that uh you know the bonding the team to take you under the wing and, that, and then you go out there to battle everybody i mean it it's just it's it's just something to be part of that that I love playing against the, the original six teams. I idolize all those guys. My first three games um, was uh, against so against the Montreal Canadiens in Montreal, and then I went back to play Detroit. So you're on the ice with Gordy Howe, Dalbeck Hill, Bergman, all those guys, and then uh, you know the Boston Bruins came in on the Thursday night. That was my third game I played there. And then, wow. I got I got to stick around. So somebody somebody liked me. I don't know who, but somebody liked me. <laughs> That's fantastic. So looking forward to that. Sure. I have one final question for you, Hound. Uh the Ed Snyder Hockey Foundation. You guys are also a great part of that as well. Tell us a little bit about that and what, what's going on with that. Uh Ed's Ed's left a tremendous legacy behind in Philly there. He's on a huge mural in, in South Philly there where he should be. I think we have six rinks that are under Snyder hockey right now. Um, the Snyder kids, I mean, I know Sean Katuri is doing a lot with them up there when he can there. They put up, they put besides the ice sheet they have there, uh, they also have a rink out back there. So they have like, like I said, six rinks, plenty of ice time for them. It's really well run. It's got a great administrative staff there. And, uh, you know, they're turning out, they're turning out great model citizens coming from the areas that they're coming from. And, uh, you know, it all started with Ed Snyder, his vision, what he wanted there. Uh, we've done some stuff with Lindy Snyder. She's been part of the, uh, part of the alumni stuff that we, we're, we keep her involved in and that. So it, it's been, it's been great. So uh, we're still working hard, raising money and, and trying to make a difference with the kids. Bob, this has been great. Thanks for doing it. And uh, I hope it's a fun season and we're going to learn a lot about this team and the management. And I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be good for everybody. I know the city's pumped up and with what's going on right now with the Eagles and the Phillies, the Sixers getting ready to step up. I mean, there's so much going on that's positive for everybody. So we're happy that things are progressing the way we hopefully they should. Yep. Hey, Hound, can you see the uh, the note we have up on the screen there? It was fun watching Bob Kelly play. It was like a human pinball smashing into the opponents. <laughs> that was controlled aggression. <laughs> <laughs> We're out of control at some times, right? Yeah, you know what? 
I wouldn't change my style. I had a blast with our guys. That that era, what to me was was a blast. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Hal, we appreciate you joining us as always, and uh, let's do it again. Yeah. Thank you very much. Anytime. You know that. Appreciate yeah. it, guys. Thanks, Bob. All right. Thanks. Hey, Chet. We've reached fall. Gas prices have stayed up. Winter's coming. Oh my goodness. Who knows what's going to happen there? It's time for you to save some money with Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance. That's right, Bill. Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive. With the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers, pay-per-mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay-per-mile car insurance by calling your local agent. In Westchester, Pennsylvania, that's Dave Lavoie. And by the way, in addition to auto insurance, Dave's Allstate office also offers home and renter's insurance, life insurance, business insurance, and much, much more. Allstate in Westchester. Call Dave Lavoie at 610-430-0700. Again, 610-430-0700. Well, hey, Chet, with all these sports going on at one time, what's going on over at the Irish Rover Station House? They got to be getting after it. Yeah, well, for one thing, you can watch all of the Phillies postseason games on Irish Rover's many, many TVs. Wednesday evenings at the Rover, Quizzo night. They also have, I think, a prime rib special uh, this Wednesday. So that's tomorrow if you're watching it tonight on Tuesday. Tomorrow, prime rib night at the Irish Rover. Uh, On the weekends, they have live music on Saturdays. Of course, they have killer burgers on Thursdays. Dinner specials Thursday through Sunday. There's uh, this week's ooh, pulled pork quesadilla. That sounds good. And a Cuban-style burger as one of the killer burgers. That is pretty cool. They have a paint and sip event coming up later this month. That is on Tuesday, October 24th. And we told you about this last week, the Halloween party at the Irish Rover, Saturday, the 28th, drink and appetizer specials, spooky cocktails, and prizes for the best costumes. What a great month of events at the Irish Rover, which is located on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorne. You can, of course, get all the details on their website, that being irishroverstationhouse.com. Hi, this is Ray Dinger, and it is always fun to talk sports with these two guys, Bill and Chad on Philly Press Box Radio. Well, Chet, let's talk Phillies. Oh, my goodness. Uh, You know, when you leave so many guys on base, you make a a sloppy play like Turner did to let uh, the first run in. Uh, You hit a batter. uh, You know, just just a lot of bad things, and it turned out bad. Uh, With that said, you know, the Harper, the Harper getting thrown out on the double play really has me kind of baffled a little bit. I mean, I, I, I it was a bad play because he was out. But, yeah. you know, he, he crossed the line between being aggressive and being not, not smart. And unfortunately, it got him. Otherwise, that ball hits anywhere else. He scores from first to tie the game. Yeah, I mean, that's what we get with Bryce Harper, though. We love it when, you know, last week he runs through the stop sign and scores because he was aggressive, but because he got caught in a double play last night, we were criticizing him. That's just the way it is. But, yeah, he should have stopped at second. That way he probably could have still scored had the ball not been caught. And at the worst, he's going to be on third base and still only one out. Of course, the ball is caught, and if he stopped at second, he would have been easily able to make it back to first. So, yeah, we love Bryce Harper for the aggressiveness, but sometimes it gets him, and that was a bad spot to be caught in. Uh, Otherwise, the Phillies just left too many guys on base. What, 11 runners left on base? Ten of them were early. Ten were in the first, like, four innings. Yeah, and – Wheeler was just sailing along, you know, no hitter through five. He was up four to one. Uh, and then the wheels kind of came off Wheeler. Uh, he didn't really lose control or anything. He gave up the the one hit and then struck out the next guy. And then all of a sudden the two run homer and it's four to three. And we know what happened after that. Yeah. And, and as Patrick Gennard says here, it's, it's a blame on uh, Thompson there's a lot of that going around today, and I'll tell you what, I, I, I have a mixed opinion about that too. We've been on him all along about going to the bullpen too early for for the whole entire season. Yeah. He goes one extra go with Wheeler, who was just dealing. I mean, he was dealing, yeah. and it blows up in his face. And, you know, and, and the same happens uh, happened again the next inning with Alvarado. He's dealing. Yep. And they went with Hoffman, who's been their guy. He's been a reliable been guy good, for yeah. 
and he didn't get the job done. So uh, Thompson's certainly taking heat. You know, I'm, I'm not the, the biggest Thompson fan as it is. Uh, but I, I, you know, I don't know that I can blame him for pulling him at that point. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, he, he did seem like he was starting to tire just a bit. I mean, he had eight strikeouts of the first nine outs he got. Then the strikeouts weren't coming quite as much. The fastball uh, had slowed to like 94 or whatever. It had reached, I think, 98. So, you know, there were signs. And even apparently we found out after the game that, Wheeler said he wanted to stay in, but you might want to, you know, get somebody up basically. So I think he knew he was near the end, but, and it bit him in the butt, but Hey, as you said, it's one-to-one now, which is what we wanted last Thursday before this all started. So if you take care of business at home and you got Aaron Nola going, who was so darn good last week, you should be able to win game three. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the Philly fans are going to do their thing, Jet. It is going to be Bedlam at the bank. Come oh, yeah, tomorrow night so. at five o'clock. Absolutely. And Don't for let two- the Braves score first. Keep the Braves off the board the first couple innings and put some runs up, you know, as the Phillies. Well, right. And I mean, and that's what we wanted last night. And we got it. We got four yeah. of them, you know. Uh here, here, I'm gonna leave this one for you. Here you go. Robert asks, why do they wear mitts on their hand when they are on base? So when they slide, they don't hurt their little fingers. And they don't <laughs> get their fingers stepped on. Individually yeah, exactly. or break a finger, they keep them in the little mitt. You know, my buddy Denny uh, texted me about that during the game last night about the mitts. He said, "Man, in the old days, guys were guys, and they didn't need those stinking mitts." But hey, yep. it's a different age. Hey, I'm gonna throw this one up there too. Brian makes a good point. Uh, concern is Nola giving up the long ball. We haven't seen that the last few oh. outings. He's been fantastic. Uh, I mean, I guess when you lead the league in home run balls, uh, you you have to be concerned. I, I didn't see that. I took it back off. Which Nola will we get tomorrow, Mr. Freeze or Mr. Softy? What, hey, what do you, he's been what do you good think? the last three times out. So uh, they said he made some little tweaks, and hopefully he'll be good again. He, he knows how big this game is, and I, I don't think he's going to crack under pressure. So hopefully he's got things under control again and they need him more than ever. This is a huge start, not just for the Phillies, but for Aaron Nola for his future. Yeah. Well, and, and all Nola aside, they got to hit the ball. They got to score runs. They're not probably not going to win if they score three, four runs. It, it's going to, they're going to need to put runs on the board because Atlanta's going to put runs on the board because they're good. They're a good club, so uh, you you better plan on coming out and being aggressive and and swinging the bats and scoring runs. And by the way, for people who are watching us live on Tuesday night, we're doing our show on Tuesday night because the Phillies Wednesday game is at five oh seven, so that's why we moved it up one day. But we are on a couple of platforms, but Edge of Philly Sports, the network that we're part of, will rebroadcast our show at 3 p.m. across several other channels. So, you know, their Twitter and their Facebook page and their YouTube channel as well. So So you can watch us again. You can watch us again. You can watch us on repeat if you want. We're (laughs) worth it, darn it. There there you go. There you go. Hey, let's jump over Talk Eagles. They continue to roll with a pretty dominating 23-14 23-14 went on the road in L.A. Uh, I think we probably would have been happy with a few more touchdowns and a few less field goals, uh, but still a real nice, solid win on the road in L.A. They're 5-0, and so what are we complaining about this week? <laughs> right, know? right. The fans well, are always complaining about something. Yeah, well, and like I think uh, pretty obvious. Jason Kelsey showed us it was pretty obvious on the sidelines that there's a lot of frustration yeah. about not scoring in the red zone and kicking field goals and not touchdowns. So uh, that's not just uh, the fans seeing it. The players are certainly feeling it as well. Well, that is one of the major concerns so far this season is their red zone ineffic- inefficiency. Uh, they've got to do better. Last year, they were very good at it. This year, not so good. Thank God they have uh, Jake Elliott, who's been you know acting like an all-pro. He's been just great kicking all those field goals. Uh, I think I saw something the other day. Jake Elliott has more points this season than the New York Giants in total. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Hey, my goodness. Well, you know, uh, interesting in that game to me is uh, the running game was a little slow getting going with with Swift. Um, 
but they turned it to Jalen Hurts and had him running the ball probably a little little more than when we would like to see. Um, then they finally got it going a little bit. And I, and I heard a quote that I didn't much like: "Throw to win, run the, or throw to get the lead, run the win." Hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know about all that. Just yeah. smack them in the mouth. Yeah. I don't know. Um, this week, the New York Jets, whom the Eagles have never, ever lost to, if I'm uh, – And they won't this week either. I don't think so. Now, had Aaron Rodgers been there and healthy, it could have been interesting. But no, uh, the Jets have played some teams well this year. I think that they're coming off a win this past weekend, right? So they yeah. got a couple of wins. Well, they beat Denver. Yeah, Denver. Oh man, Sean Payton may be regretting his decision. Although he's getting paid, so. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it'll be. Uh, it, you know, we're we're five games in and we're two games up, Chet. That's a good place to be. It is. Uh, you and I picked the Cowboys to beat San Francisco the other night. We'll talk about that when we get to our picks. That didn't work out so well, but hey, as you said, it does mean the Phillies have a two-game lead in the NFC East, and I don't think a lot of people are taking the Cowboys quite so seriously anymore. Yeah, well, and they're, uh, those Dallas fans are coming undone down there. <laughs> and they've turned on their quarterback now, uh, too. They've turned on their coach. They've turned on their quarterback. Uh, there, there are a couple losses from that whole thing blowing up down there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'd be fine with that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Hey, Jalen Carter, what do you think? Jalen Carter is looking like an all pro as a rookie. So we're not just talking about defensive rookie of the year. We're talking about maybe all pro in his first year. He's been great. He really has. And Hassan Reddick now starting to pick things up too with a couple of sacks this week. Right. And it looks like the Kobe Dean might be back uh, for this week as well in, in New York. So uh, things are only going to get better. This team's going to get better. Going to hit a tough uh, patch in the schedule here shortly, but uh, I think they're, they're up for it. Well, the Miami game a week from Sunday should be interesting. That'll be a good test for both teams, actually. So we'll, we'll see what uh, each of those teams is made of. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to that. But got to get this one. Let's get 6-0, and oh and uh, then we'll get after the Dolphins. You know it. All right. Well, hey, let's give a shout-out to all the shows at the Edge of Philly Sports Network this week. The gang has all the bases covered, as always. You can catch all the action on www.eopsports.com as well as Edge of Philly Sports on YouTube. You can also find our show on Philly Press Box Radio YouTube channel. Hit us up by subscribe, follow, and like buttons. As always, share with your family and friends. As you can see, Eagles pregame, halftime, postgame, uh, all kinds of analysis all the way through. And all week long, we've got shows talking pretty much everything. Yeah, and as we noted, uh, our show will be rebroadcast on the Edge of Philly Sports Network Wednesday at 3 p.m. So, yeah, watch us again. Why not? And if you do something crazy and you need a lawyer, we got you covered. All right, guys, if you're a Philly sports fan and you want to travel with your favorite team, then travel with the best. Go to phillysportstrips.com. They have self-travel packages and full travel packages available with round-trip flights from the Philadelphia airport. Packages include direct flights, four-night stays, all-inclusive tailgate parties, lower-level group tickets. Whatever you want, you got it with phillysportstrips.com. If you want to travel to an upcoming Phillies game, make sure you check out Philly Sports Trips. And do not forget, Philly Sports Trips has all the away trips for the Eagles' upcoming 2023 season. Jump on it now because you do not want to lose out on all these great opportunities. Go to phillysportstrips.com. And as for that attorney help that you might need. All right, guys, let's talk about Cherry Law Firm. If you get hurt at work in a motor vehicle accident, personal injury, or affected by criminal law, you've got to call David R. Cherry of the Cherry Firm. Call 610-565-0300 or go to cherryinjurylaw.com. Let David R. Cherry fight for your rights. Again, that number is 610-565-0300. That's 610-565-0300 or go to cherryinjurylaw.com. Let David R. Cherry fight for your right. Well, hey, Chet, since you pushed the wrong button and you hit Philly Sports Trips, let's go ahead and push the button and talk about Bob Cavanaugh and the gang at Cavs Philly Tailgates. Get it all out of there right now. Okay, Bob Cavanaugh, Cav and Company. I have to shift my notes around. Cavs Philly Tailgates has been cooking up terrific catering work for more than 30 years now. 
He's known for his tailgate parties, that Bob Kavanaugh. Cavs is a three-time winner of Philly tailgates, Jack Daniels Great American Tailgate Party Contest, and the past winner of the Philly Daily News Tailgate Award. Cavs also does corporate events and parties. You name it. And if you check the website, you'll see that they have uh, a lot of things coming up. And they've got all of the Eagles games, including the 22nd game that we just mentioned. When they host the Dolphins, that is a Sunday night game. And then November 5th, the Eagles and Cowboys going at it. The tailgates being held outside live casino. Order your tickets via the website, phillytailgates.com. Check the site. And if you have questions, you can email them at cavscatering at verizon.net. Cavs Philly tailgates is the way to go. Absolutely. Well, hey, Chet, uh, the Sixers have started their preseason games. Plenty of questions. Uh, and you visited with the voice of the Sixers, Kate Scott, just today uh, to get all the answers to the Sixers questions. I did. And right as we uh, get ready to do that, I'm going to download that interview for us. And let me tell you, Kate is one of my favorite people in the entire world because she's just so great to talk to. And I, I'm really, really, really looking forward to this Sixers season, having talked to her now. I wasn't quite looking forward to it as much, but her enthusiasm, it just gets you going. And uh, I hope we're going like to have to see if she could sell me because I'm not, I'm not on board right at the moment. I know. I, I understand that, but Hey, here we go. This would be a heck of a win for the Sixers. Tyrese. Very happy to talk with Sixers Hoops analyst or television play-by-play voice, Kate Scott. Kate, it is so wonderful to see you once again. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great, and it's really good to see Tyrese Maxey draining threes. Yeah. I mean, got to see him earlier today, uh, cup practice over in Camden, and really looking forward to year four of Tyrese Maxey. But great to be back with you, Chad. Hope there's a lot more of that for sure. <laughs> I know you had a very busy off season. We will talk about that in just a bit. But yeah. another Sixers season is fast approaching, a season that's starting with a little bit of drama in addition to a <laughs> new head coach. Uh, talking, of course, about James Harden. Uh, he is practicing with the team. That's good. Will he be on the court when the season begins October 26th? Yeah, that's that's a good question. And uh, I know this is only year three for me, Chet, but I'm starting to think that drama and Philly or just, you know, storylines uh, that other people are paying attention to is just going to be par for the course. That's my thought. See, James is like, what's new? Come on. This is just another <laughs> season of Kate and Philly. Um, but but I think you touched on the most important thing right now. I don't know. None of us have any idea if James is going to be here for the start of the season. If he is, how long he'll be here during the season. But the important thing is that he came to training camp, that he was a participant in training camp. I mentioned I was at practice earlier today. He was at practice running through everything. So the fact that he's here, despite whatever is going on behind the scenes, and that he is locked in and a part of things and not causing a disruption, as some folks expected he might because of things that were said during the offseason, because of things that have happened in the past. So that's really. Um, that's really good for me to see because I think the most interesting part of this, I know this is a business uh, and I know that anything can happen in pro sports, but uh, I just keep coming back to it. I was at every practice and shoot around I could be last year and he and the guys get along like they were having a really good time. And that is not always the case uh, in pro sports. I know you got your your Philly stuff behind you. I mean, we see it with the Phillies. We see it with the birds. Hopefully we're going to see it with the Flyers. We see it with the Union. But I'm of the mind that that stuff matters, that you want to play that much harder for guys that you really enjoy being around. And the guys really enjoy being around James. So not sure what's going to happen, um, but hope that whatever does, that it goes well for him and the Sixers. Well, we know everybody loves to be around Tyrese Maxey, who we saw <laughs> right at the top. And boy, he has progressed <laughs> year after year. A lot of folks, though, wonder if he can be a true point guard if needed, you know, if there is no yeah. James Harden. So I'll ask you, Kate, is Tyrese ready to take yet another big step if called upon? Yeah, I, I think, Chet, that he is going to be. I mean, we saw last year that he looked like he'd put on a little more strength, a little more muscle from year two going into year three. And it looks like the same thing has happened this offseason now coming into year four. And that was the challenge that Nick Nurse issued to him when he was hired back before the offseason really started. He said, yeah, Tyrese is an amazing scorer. 
He needs to get better at playmaking, and then he's going to be unstoppable. And he worked out a lot with Joel this offseason, which is <laughs> which is really where the playmaking starts here in Philly, right? If you can feed the beast, if you can feed the big man, then everything else is going to get easier and fall into place. And again, have only known him now going on three years, but if anybody is up to the challenge and loves constructive criticism and wants to lean into that, get better, uh, it's Tyrese Maxey. And I think we all forget, like he started off last season really well and then got injured and missed over a month of the season. And I, I don't know how good he might have been had that not happened. So yeah, really excited and expecting him to take another step this year. Well, you mentioned Joel, the big guy in the middle. He finally <laughs> got that MVP award last yes. year. But yes. unfortunately, it didn't bring any playoff success with mm. it. Yet another second-round exit for the team. Is there something Embiid can maybe do better in terms of leadership to help get the Sixers deeper into the playoffs? Yeah, I think there always is. I think when you're a leader and you don't get to where you want to go, which for the Sixers is at least the Final Four, right? The Eastern Conference Finals. And then hopefully into the finals and winning that championship. I think there's always more that you can do. And I think Joel is figuring that out because um, I think something that maybe we don't talk about enough in all sports is that guys can be phenomenal athletes, just top tier talents, but leadership is a different thing entirely. And it doesn't come as naturally to, to some players and athletes as it does others. So I think Joel is still learning exactly what it means to be not just a leader through his play, but through his actions and his words. Um, and I saw growth in that area last year, so I'm expecting more of it this season. Well, since the season ended, uh, Tobias Harris did not get traded. He'll be back. <laughs> Correct. Paul Reed got paid. He'll be back. And the Sixers yep. also acquired uh, guard Patrick Beverly, center Mo Bamba. Danny Green mm -hmm. is back for a second stint. Yeah. And more recently, Kelly Oubre signed a one-year deal. Some pretty decent depth. I would think. Do you agree? Yeah. yeah, I completely agree. And I think that's one of the things I'm, I'm one of the people who loves to be the hunter and not the hunted. So I love the fact that nobody is talking about the Kelly Oubre Jr. signing right now. Everybody understandably is talking about the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics yeah. and the moves they just made. But, but I'm with you. I mean, at media day last week and ripping through my lineup right now, getting ready for the home preseason opener and being at practice today. I just, I was thinking to myself, they picked up a lot of good dudes. Like I've always hated Patrick Beverly on other teams because right. He's that Nat. He's that just annoying defensive presence who you're pissed off at, but he's doing everything legally. He's just playing his butt off and you're just pissed that he's getting in your grill and, and stopping one of your star players from doing something. There was a fun moment earlier today when DeAnthony Melton and Danny Green were going at it. It's easy to forget DeAnthony came here because of that draft a trade that sent Danny to Memphis because he wasn't going to play last year. So it's fun to see those two guys going at it. Um, you mentioned Mo Bamba. He just, he had one of his best nights ever as a pro here in Philly a couple of years ago. So he's one of those guys kind of looking for a fresh start and have really loved his attitude. So there's a lot of interesting pieces that nobody's talking about right now. I get it. They're not the huge splashes that a couple other teams have made. But again, it's all about how these guys fit together, how they stay healthy, and crazier things have happened, right? So uh, I'm excited to see how these guys over the next number of months, I know it's not going to be easy at the start, but how they over the next number of months fit those puzzle pieces together. Well, another new piece is the head coach, Nick Nurse. Yeah. Uh, what do you know about Nick Nurse as far as how he's going to be uh, in control of this 76ers squad? Yeah, well, again, just first practice today, but the energy uh, and the movement just during practice was quite different than it has been the past couple of years. Really upbeat, really energetic. Uh, a DJ throughout practice, playing specific things at specific times, uh, sound effects when they were going five on five, running up the floor, depending on what happened, whether it was a deflection, whether it was an offensive rebound. So really high energy and just go, go, go the whole time through practice. Um, really lets his assistants help out with things, but then when he needs to, blows the whistle and he's in charge. And uh, I was, <laughs> I read, he wrote a book a couple years ago uh, after, unfortunately, Toronto did what they did. Um, and I read it. That's true. I like that. Yeah. And I'm reading it again. But I mean, he had to work his ass off to, to get here. Right. I mean, he <laughs> he played at a small college. He did not have anybody in the industry who was going to give him a leg up. He coached in the British Basketball League yeah. for 20 plus years. He had to grind to get here. So he has seen everything. He got a PhD in sports psychology a couple of years ago because he realized this game is a lot different than when I was playing. And 
really have to understand the mental side of this because these guys are so different. You can't just scream and yell at guys and throw basketballs at them anymore, right? It's 2023. That doesn't work. So I'm I'm really excited. And he was the one I was hoping the Sixers would hire because out of all the coaches that were being considered, he frustrated Joel Embiid the most. Yeah. So anytime you have somebody getting in your star player's head, I want that guy to be on our team, right? Kind of the same thing with Patrick Beverly. So really excited. Uh, he seems really down to earth, but very detail oriented, very focused, and obviously very set on winning. Cool. Uh, well, Kate, some people take it easy during the summer, you know, vacations, <laughs> backyard pool, whatever. What's that? What's easy? Not you. Nope. You took on a couple of new short-term jobs. Yeah. Women's World Cup games, you called yeah. those. And Seattle Seahawks preseason football to it right here. Yeah. We're firing Intercepted at the goal line. Trey Brown bringing it out for Seattle. What a play by number 22. And yes, I intentionally picked something bad happening to the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Which I love. I mean, I I think I might have told you when we chatted last year, but I grew up hating the Cowboys, and I yeah. love that I have landed in another place that hates the Cowboys. So it's been it's felt really natural. <laughs> so how was it though? You went from women's world cup in July yeah. and the beginning of August right into Seattle Seahawks preseason football. Yeah. I believe you worked with uh, Mark Schlereth. Is that right? Uh, worked with Stink, Mark Schlereth, uh, on our last game at, uh, and it was weird for me calling him that, but that's what everybody was like, Stink, Stink, walking into Lambo with him was, was so much fun because folks were so excited to see him because obviously he's been in NFL circles for years as a player and now a great analyst. But yeah, that was our last game at Lambeau. And then Michael Robinson and Michael Bennett, who were a couple of their stars when they won the Super Bowl uh, a decade ago, and Michael Robb now doing uh, some Big Ten stuff for NBC Sports. So I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot of him, the Penn State star. But it was it was amazing and wonderful. I mean, those were both, uh, especially the Women's World Cup. Soccer was the sport I played growing up. I was behind the Rose Bowl net where Brandy Chastain scored the PK to win the World Cup back in 1999. So that was a dream come true. Um, and I love calling football. And preseason is a great way to get your toe back in that doesn't conflict with the Sixers. And, uh, you know, the Seahawks are a team I grew up hating too, but when it's when it's a job offer and a paycheck and a chance to continue growing as a broadcaster, you say, heck yeah, and dive in. And they're a, a, another great organization who welcomes me with open arms. And as we were talking about last year, I get bored really easily. Uh, and I think that I think calling all the different sports just makes you think about a sport like basketball slightly different and, and helps with your calls. I think they all inform each other. Uh, so I think it was Maybe in retrospect, should have taken a few more days at the pool, as you said, but I think it was really helpful off season. And as a result, I'm looking to take another big step this year uh, in my Sixers calls when things tip off very soon. All right, let's finish up with uh, a little game of three and out. Three questions, three very quick answers. Do you still use those blue sticky notes in your preparation? For <laughs> I do, I do. And uh, I, I love that. You, that's a great freeze frame that you got there, Chet. And I do still use my colored pens. And I know that Kevin Harlan and some other guys use the pen that has the four different colors at the top. But I use, you can tell we're playing the Celtics because I got my green pen out. So that's just how my brain has always seen things by color. And it helps me remember something that much faster. Very nice. <laughs> Number two, when new, uh, when Cleveland Cavaliers' George Niang makes a big <laughs> shot against the Sixers, how will you call it? <laughs> yes, I have already discussed this with Allah. We think there will be one bang bang George Niang, and then it will be followed by now. Please don't do that again, G, until you get to your next game. But uh, all of us are so happy for him. I mean, no doubt that his time here in Philly helped him get that contract. And yeah. I love it when good guys get paid. And I think he's going to be a great fit in, in Cleveland. So <laughs> looking forward to, to one bang bang, and that's it. All right. And lastly, I saw the NBC 10. Uh, piece about six weeks ago clear the shelters story yeah. featured you and your rescued pit bull so <laughs> i have to ask you how is piper doing oh piper is great she is currently locked upstairs so she doesn't bark or interrupt this interview um but she is wonderful she is the one thing that gets me outside and off my butt and to stop 
prepping because I could prep for 14 hours a day. I care so much about what I do and love it so much. I could be watching film and working on boards and stuff. I mean, I have all my notes right around here right now. Sixers training camp things. Uh, she has been, a lot of people say that that pets, you know, they impact your life sometimes more than you impact theirs. And I think that's totally true. She's She's been a great respite from the intensity of the basketball season. And she's looking forward to a great Sixers season too. We all are. I can't wait to hear you back calling the games with uh, Allah. It's going to be a fun year. Interesting year, certainly. Mm -hmm. Follow her on what used to be Twitter. It's X now. Kate T. Scott. Kate, great to see you again. Great to see you, Chet. Thanks for the time. Go Sixers. That, that was fantastic. That was fantastic. I love Kate Scott. She is just so nice, so easy to talk to. I mean, she talks to me like... I'm somebody important, like like it's you know CBS or ESPN or something. So, somebody that she's known forever. Yeah, actually. I, I mean that's how it comes across. It's I'm like just some just, little guy who's hosting a podcast with you. Yeah, right. <laughs> what we know that doesn't go very far. <laughs> hey, really good fun. though. Really good, and uh, so many good points that she she mentioned. Of course, the uh, the Joel Joel Embiid growth as a leader. That whole segment there was very interesting because, yep. of course, I'm the one that always gets that beats up on that i had you in mind when i asked her yeah and and uh i was actually a little surprised with her answer that uh i am not the only one that sees that apparently very very good she she was after all these second round exits i mean somebody's got to do a better job leading yeah yep and i'm gonna throw these up there because they need to be up there uh robbie says she's terrific no doubt joe uh most affectionate smile, absolutely. I already put the one up from Brian. Uh, yeah, outstanding. Very good uh, for Kate. Looking forward to her having a, a great season. And great clip, by the way, that you pulled down on the Seahawks interception. That was good, too. <laughs> hey, speaking of Joe Howe, um, he's been a friend of ours, you know, on Facebook for the last few years, and he kind of disappeared for a while. So great to have you back with us, Joe, watching us and talking sports and all your wacky jokes on Facebook. Good to have you back, yeah, Joe. Yeah, and you know what, Chet? Nobody has called me that since Joe did. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but I don't even know why I I got that tonight, but <laughs> I'll, I'll go with it. All right, hey, it's prediction time. Let's get to it, Chet, before... Uh... Okay, I predict I will need a new supply of Tums after the next two Phillies-Braves games. There's my prediction. Well, there you go, and... Uh, and <laughs> Five five o'clock tomorrow, six o'clock on Thursday. So I'm not yes. sure why the five o'clock fits in there, but that's what we got. All right, yep. prediction time. Uh, let's get to this week's or before we get to this week's picks. How did we do? I think Boop picked up a game on both of us. Boop, that's Bob Patron, birthday boy, Junior today. Speaking of which, yeah, happy birthday to the Boopster. He doesn't look bad for seventy five. No, I don't. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, doesn't look a day over seventy five, <laughs> right? Yeah. We love Boop. Everybody <laughs> loves Boop. That's Happy birthday, right. Boop. Well, how are we doing through week five? Uh, and then how are we doing with our margin of victory pool? All right. I'm going to give you the margin of victory update first this week. And it's going to be pretty easy uh, because we all picked the Dolphins last weekend to beat the Giants. And we know that worked out pretty well. So that was worth 15 points for all of us. So the standings right now through five weeks of the NFL season – I'm still at uh, the top of the heap, 97 points. Bill, you're still in second with 65. You're also 5-0. and oh. Boop with those two early losses is 3-2 and two and has just 44 points. So uh, Boop's got some work to do. Yeah, so, so do the rest of us. I, you know what, Bill? I just realized something. I didn't make my pick yet for the margin of victory. It was going to be the Bills, but I already picked the Bills, so... Uh, uh, I I actually just picked mine while the Kate interview was <laughs> on. I forgot about it as well. Oops. Uh, well, let's get to our other picks. Uh, straight NFC East this week because nobody's playing each other. So we have the Commanders are going to visit the Falcons. Falcons minus two and a half. The struggling Giants visit the Bills, as you mentioned. The Bills minus 14. Monday night football, Dallas. Man, did they get a beat down from the 49ers. They visit the Chargers. and Dallas still favored in that game by two and a half. And then the Eagles visit the Jets Sunday afternoon, four o'clock game, Eagles minus six and a half. Who you got? Well, let's see. Oh, I got Commanders the Falcons. I got the boop notes. And again, haven't looked at these. 
Boop says Washington has allowed 33, 37, 34, and 40 points the last four weeks. Ouch. Boop picks Atlanta. I'm also picking Atlanta. I think uh, the commanders are going to go downhill from here. Yeah, me too. Atlanta, I'm not sure Atlanta's very good either, but uh, I didn't know those exact numbers from Boop, but I knew that the commanders been giving up lots and lots of points. Yep. All right. Giants, they stinking. They play in <laughs> Buffalo. The Bills minus 14. Uh, Boop says this will be New York's fourth road game in five weeks. Wow. Guess they had to clear out of town for the baseball team's postseason runs. <laughs> Boop making a joke. I like nice that. Nice jab, Boop. Yes. Boop takes the Bills. <laughs> I take the Bills, too. I was going to take them for the margin of victory pool, but I can't. I'll get back to you on that. But, yeah, I'm taking the Bills. All right, Monday night football. I'm taking the Bills, too. Yeah. Monday night football, Dallas visits the Chargers. Uh, Dallas minus two and a half. Boop says Dallas is not pleased with the state of California right now. Someone will have to pay. Oh, he's taking the Cowboys. I'm taking the Cowboys as well. Uh, Even though they played god-awful against San Francisco, I think they can beat the Chargers. You know, this is this is one of those tough ones because yeah. I took Dallas last week because I thought they would play well and they just stunk it up. And I'm, I'm just trying to get in my head if they're as bad as they're looking or they're going to bounce around. I'm going to take the Chargers. What the heck? Wow. All right. Eagles, Jets. All right. Let's see what Boop has to say about that one. I have to look at the schedule to get my uh, margin of victory pool pick still. So I will uh, get that fire right here. I know. I just totally forgot. All right. Boop says regarding the Eagles jets, New York couldn't win this one, even with the return of Rogers and Hammerstein. Uh, wow. Boop is on yeah. fire tonight. Way to go. Boop. Yeah, that's right. It's his birthday. He's getting older and wiser. Uh, do, I hear, do I hear a sound of music? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Uh, Boop takes the Eagles. I take the Eagles. Uh, I think they're even going to cover that six and a half too. Oh, they're going to cover. They're going to cover that six and a half easily. Okay. Uh, All right. Margin of victory pool. uh, Bill, talk for uh, 30 seconds. I'm going to pick a game right here. Well, go ahead and throw Boop's pick up. We'll let you go last. Oh, uh, Boop takes the Bills, of course. So that's who I was going to take. I'm going to put this up again so I'm not repeating myself. I took Washington, Buffalo, Kansas City, San Francisco, and Miami. So I need a pick for this week. Let's look at the games. I'm I'm going to go ahead and go. And I was going to take the Bills, but just because Boop already took them, I'm not going to. I'm going to take the Raiders. The Raiders against the stinking Patriots. They're horrible. And unless Bill Belichick comes up with Tom Brady or some other miracle by Sunday, the Raiders at home are going to spank the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. All right. You're taking the Raiders. Well, I just figured out mine, Bill. I'm going to take that other uh, team from out west, the L.A. Rams. Uh, so I'm taking the Rams. You're taking the Raiders, correct? Yep. The Rams, by the way, are hosting Arizona. Yeah, you're going to lose. All right. There we go. Hey, great guests tonight at Bob Hound, Kelly, and Kate Scott. Who is coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week? We'll have all the sports going on. Well, yeah, and I don't know yet. Uh, I have one person who is uh, a Phillies related person but because we don't know what's going to happen with the phillies it looks like even if they do advance wednesday will be an off day but uh i will firm it up with this person later this week so we will have somebody talking phillies next week but it's not finalized yet so i don't know okay we can live with that yeah uh anything else you want to talk about right quick while we have about 30 seconds it's jackson brown's birthday i know you would put that out there yeah, and uh, speaking of music, I did see Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks last Saturday. And I'll tell you, for guys who are 74 and 75, they both sounded great. I was really impressed with both of them. And it was a chilly night down in Baltimore, but uh, Billy Joel joked about it. He said, you know, a little tough to play the piano sometimes because his fingers were getting numb. But uh, yeah, he sounded great. Stevie Nicks sounded great also. So really enjoyed that one. Um, what else? Oh, Dick Butkus left us, Bill. 80 years old, Dick Butkus is uh, gone. 
We he could have done legend. a whole. We could have done a whole show on him. He, he's my, one of my guys, man. Yeah. So, man, we lost one of the best offensively this year in Jim Brown, and now one of the best defensively in Dick Butkus. Yep. Not good. Anything else? We're gonna wrap it. I think we got a. Cor- oh, yeah. I think we got a correction. Wow, I didn't realize it was that late. One correction, I think the Flyers alumni weekend is actually January 28th and 29th, which will include the Flyers-Bruins Hall of Fame game. So there you go. Wrap it up, Bill. I'm hungry. Uh, All right. Let's thank tonight's special guest, Bob the Hound Kelly and Kate Scott. Our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Cavs Philly Tailgates, PPCC 118 Razroom, and David Boy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. For Jim Chachesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, Red October 18th at 7 p.m. You see us live on Facebook, listen to our website, phillypressboxradio.com, or Google Podcasts, as well as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the others. Hi, hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. We're going to just say, let's go, everybody. Happy trails to you, till we meet,